you have been cordially invited to the Eternal Slumber Party. that sound Kirstie that sound that sound is the sound of my Hollywood director style I think they're called clapper boards they are Margo got me a clapper board for Christmas and I finally got to see her IRL so I got it so now we can start the episode so officially my rating did you see my rating no what is your rating I'm shocked. I know. It's one star. We're breaking dawn. Part one. One star. Because I feel like we have to give at least one star. We got to have a minimum on there. We can't be cowards. We can't say zero stars. That's the coward's way out. That's the coward's way. And we are not cowards. We are many things here at Eternal Eternal Slumber Party Podcast, but we are not (laughs) cowards. Hi. We don't have time for small talk today, so very quick, how are you? How's life? You know what? It's fine. Eagles aren't making it to the Super Bowl. We lost. Don't want to talk about it. We're done here. Okay, let's not talk about it then. Yeah, so we're done. Um, How are you? I had to take my car into the shop today and get new parts for it, so... So mentally, we are both in super great places. And ready to talk about Breaking Dawn Part 1? Yeah. Mentally, let's just get this absolute shit show of a acid trip movie on the road. Yeah. Um, did you recognize the... So we're going to start. We're just going to jump into it. Jump in. Breaking Dawn Part 1. Oh, God, I need to read uh, the synopsis. We can't you just jump to... into it. I am barreling full steam ahead. Barreling and... full steam ahead. Because I wanted to tell you something, because I don't know if you noticed. Um, but we will start at the beginning. We'll be professional about it. So Breaking Dawn, part one, came out in 2011. Pause. Hold on. I just, I just want to... We've been, we've been recording for less than three minutes and we're at the synopsis we are so over this movie (laughs) we are full steam ahead full steam ahead we are trying to get through this marathon it was going great (laughs) and then we got to the third movie and we said oh no 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 i literally here's the thing is i feel like i feel like i have it somewhere in here this movie feels like a fan fiction of its own series. This is the one where it really goes off the rails. It super quickly. Christy, it doesn't go off the rails. It sets dynamite on the train track and blows it up, flies into outer space, and then says, What, you're shocked we're here? <laughs> like, it's true. Here's so, other important thing I watched the extended edition. Did you watch the extended edition? How long was the I extended edition? I told you not edition? to. Two hours. I think the I might have... The regular is 148. Oh. 
I don't know because the one I watched was listed at 157 with all the credits and everything. So you did. Here's the thing: you would have. No, it says extended edition on it. When you then, select it on Amazon Prime, it will say. Oh, I watched. I watched on um, Peacock. Cool. I can't wait to figure out what the extended edition scene was, because there are a few different things it could have been, and I hated all of it. Anyway, I thought one of us should suffer through, and I took one for the team. Yeah. Back to the synopsis. Yes. This okay. Movie synopsis has a twenty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is about twenty-five percent higher than I would have given it. Just oh, I was just going to say that's too high. This deserves a ten percent at most, and only for Honestly. small things. Only for small things does it deserve that. At last, Bella and Edward are getting married. When Jacob finds out that Bella wants to spend her money honeymoon as a human, he is horrified, for Edward's passion could accidentally kill her. Bella does indeed survive her honeymoon, but a new complication arises when she discovers that she's pregnant and the child is growing at an alarming rate. The pregnancy sets the wolves against Bella and Edward, but Jacob vows to protect his friend. Kirstie, do we have to talk about this movie? Yep. <laughs> okay. Here's what I wanted to ask you about in the first scene, because it's the only thing I can think of, and I have to get it off of my chest before we can continue. Okay. Did you recognize, if you're watching this movie, we enter at the Volturi. Michael Sheen, Arrow. No. Okay, so I figured out what the extended edition <laughs> scene was. So, in that case, you would not know this. So let me start you off with the extended edition scene that's right at the beginning of the movie. Okay. We enter in the Volturi's lair. They just got an invitation to Bella and Edward's wedding. They immediately kill um, Valentina, who's like their assistant, because she's interrupting. Poor Valentina. That was my only note. But there is an actor. So you are looking at the three head of the Volturi. You got the old decrepit guy. I don't care who he is. Never learned his name. Are you going to say what I think you're about to say? We have Michael because, Sheen right there in the middle. Because I think with the, the end credit scene, I think I had the exact same thought. Then after Michael Sheen, we get the third person. Vecna? Vecna, no, what are you doing? Fucking No, literally, my last fucking note in this entire thing. No, second to last is Vecna. <laughs> is that actually him? It's him. That's fact. That's is Jamie that the Campbell same ba person? Is yeah, it Jamie Campbell in is... New Moon? Um, I don't know. I'm looking that one up now, but I paused it because I was watching on Amazon. And if you pause on Amazon, then it will say who it is. Why my first search is Jamie Campbell Bauer Twilight. That's not a good sign for my search history. Uh, yeah, it looks like he was uh, also a new moon and we totally How missed it. How did we fucking miss that? Honestly, there was so much happening in new moon. We Well, we also like glazed over that scene. It really wasn't that interesting. And I also don't think that he... Like, because that would have been him 2009. And he did not look like him. Like, he, that, I'm looking at pictures of it now. 
New Moon does not look like Jamie Lee Campbell Bauer. I keep wanting to say Jamie it, Lee Curtis, but like it doesn't look like I him. I also want to say that. No, it do- it really doesn't. Um, but I act- like I paused because I was like, oh, this is going to be a long movie. How long is it going to be? And then I just happened to pause when, I, when it got to him and I saw his actor credit and I'm like, Beckna? Am, am I in the upside down? Apparently he was considered to play Edward. Can we just, do you want to just go watch season four instead of? anything to not talk about this is about to be our favorite part of this entire movie is the 30 seconds to one minute jamie campbell bauer is on screen (laughs) honestly it's the only thing that made watching this movie worth it oh my god so yeah um that's the opening scene i guess for the extended edition i'm sure there's probably going to be some extra clips here and there but so Vecna you had, shows you up. had the end credit scene as well, right? Yes. So I'm assuming the extended edition is literally only this one scene where they. Okay, maybe there's more. Maybe there's more extended there's scenes. There's probably that seems like more. A weird. Okay. Here and there, because it's just them getting the wedding invitation, and it's like, oh, our troubles with the Collins are no. The trouble with the Collins is at the very end of the movie, I think. Trouble with the Collins is the very end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know, like, the beginning is they get the wedding invitation, they're like, ooh, how interesting, then they kill Valentina, and then it pans out, and you see this giant pile of bodies that they would have just been eating. Oh. And I have to call them out for being so, so wasteful, because there's a lot of blood on the floor that they could have eaten, and I feel like these refined vampires would have a waste-not-want-not mentality, and they wouldn't just let perfectly good human blood spill all over the floor. However, you know something? I'm going to tell you something that you're going to just love. Okay, great. Is it that there's a third movie? A third part of Breaking Dawn that we get to watch? Because that's something I'd love. No. So it's that for the first three installments of this series, I have had my foot firmly on the ground stating, this is not camp. Breaking Dawn Part 1, I'll allow it, because what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> I here I will do, we keep throwing camp around left and right, every other word out of my mouth is it's camp. One of these days <laughs> I'll actually read notes on camp so I can come back with a definitive, this is what camp is. Yeah. I think the the scene that I specifically thought it is the wedding dream that she has. That was the moment in which I was like, oh, this is funny. Because, like, I... But again, I feel like it takes itself too seriously still. So I'm still, like, my foot is less firmly on the ground. But it, I, I don't know. I feel like this movie gave up any sense of what they were trying. I feel like the first two movies, they were trying to do something here. I feel like with the clips, they were like, well... This one's kind of a mulligan. It's really hard to enter a room three times. Mulligan. We're just going to throw something on the wall, see what sticks. It was Eclipse. This one, they were like, they're going to watch it. They're going to shell out big bucks. They all want to see the fucking baby. And then we're going to make a part two. So this one, I think they just kind of gave up and was like, we know that you're just going to watch it. And then they just kind of stopped respecting the audience. On the contrary... I think they went, we have power now. Let's go 
fully unhinged. You know what's crazy is here's the thing. It's the later movies that Stephanie Meyer got a lot more control over. Which is why I would say it's not camp. Because this movie very easily could make it look like it's making fun of itself in the story if you didn't know that Stephanie Meyer was the one making all the decisions. So I will not call this movie camp. I'm not going to say that this movie is camp. I think that the fan reaction to this movie has made it camp. Oh, yeah, of course. The one time I bring it up, you're gonna disagree with me. Of course. I'm putting my foot down. Oh, pick that foot back up. <laughs> okay. My feet are actually propped up on the chair next to me. I never have my feet on the ground. <laughs> Head in the clouds. Feet are never touching the ground. I... I'm here for the vibes, and so far, not many good ones. And it also had a really bad title card. I just want to say, there was no archery introduction, and the title card was garbage. I don't know if you have any other takes. Oh, don't worry. I have takes about that opening shot um, for my movie. So, okay. We open with a quote. It is by Edna St. Vincent Millay. It is the poem called Childhood is the Kingdom Where Nobody Dies. Which I do want to point out, it's really interesting when we talk about an 18-year-old who's getting married, an 18-year-old who then finds herself pregnant on the honeymoon, to open with a quote about childhood. And that it's not like from a certain age, it's just like when childish things are put away is when childhood ends. I do think that's an absolute insane quote to start this movie off with. You know what it feels like? It feels very Mormon. You're married now. It's you have a duty. Time to put your childish desires away. Like, you're getting married. You are going to become a mother. And your childhood is essentially over. Like, you are 18. You're an adult now. It's time to do adult things. And that's just nuts. So my opening shot, we it starts with... Jacob and his father and it's raining and I think that the most unnecessary thing in the world was that very long pan overseeing their roof is leaking and it's got like tarps on it and like it's old and it's and I was like no way in hell no way in hell would Jacob let his father's house look like that like to me it was just the most like we get it you want it to look like the Native Americans are poor suck my left nut Stephanie Meyer and stop I mean, having bad representation for Native Americans. Only that, but it's just, there's something about, oh, the poor, dumb brown people, the disabled man has a leaky roof, as if any of the council would let him have a leaky Native roof. Native Americans have so much pride and community in taking care of one another and caring for one another and making sure that, like, your roof is not. Do you really think that Jacob is in a wolf pack with a bunch of able-bodied boys who are not going to come over and help patch a leaky roof? Do you think that Charlie, movie Charlie, would let his friend's roof leak like that? It just wouldn't. So it was definitely one of those, we, I don't know, it felt so forced. And I feel like it was supposed to show yet again how poor the wolves are in compared to the vampires who are about to throw this super huge lavish wedding 
which is just disgusting. Like, Stephanie, your classism is showing. It's not great, yeah. You know how last week you said that you were going to internet bully Stephanie Meyer and I was just going to be nice? Yeah. I'm done being nice. Stephanie, we got beef. Oh, sick. Stephanie, come on to this podcast. It's going to be, I'm going to make a podcast that is so toxic for Stephanie Meyer. (laughs) This is not a safe space for Stephanie Meyer. She's going to pop in to our little recording sesh. She's going to be like, hey guys, how's it going? And I'll be like, I need you to first a of true all, sign that she never listened to our episodes is if she actually did come onto the podcast. Or she's just ready to square up too, which would be equally as fun. Okay, so moving on <laughs> through the beginning of my fever dream. So we have Jacob. He's running out of the house. He's upset. His father is calling after him. We see that Jacob drops something. Billy picks it up. It's a wedding invitation. We cut to Renee getting a wedding invitation calling to her new husband being like, it's happening. Oh, wait, did you not see Charlie? Did you not see Charlie's? So it's Renee and then it's Charlie. Okay. Isn't it? I think that was, um, I think that it was Jacob, then Charlie. Okay. And then maybe Renee. I mix, because it is, maybe I mix them up in my head. It is very, uh, here's the other thing. I It could be shenanigans with the extended edition. But regardless, Jacob and Charlie, regardless. they are sad. It's it's depressing. Renee gets it. Oh, Phil, it's happening. And she like, Which I'm like is this the first time? Her house. Yeah, it's. No, I think that she knew. I think it's that they sent out the invitations. Yeah. No, I, that's why I stopped myself because I thought through it and I was like, never mind. Like, they had to have known. I think it's just, like, they got the invites. And then we cut to Alice and Bella. Bella. wearing six-inch heels, trying to break them in. She's barely walking in them. And Bella's like, why can't I just go barefoot? And Alice is like, absolutely not. And I just want to say, I've been in a wedding where the bride went barefoot. And it was quite lovely. That sounds lovely. I feel like a barefoot wedding, something much more boho for the vibe that they had set up, would have worked. Absolutely. Also, it's Bella Swan. Why would anyone put her in heels that high? I hated it. Um, And then we have one of the my... Stupidest. What is this decorating? What is Alice being like? Did none of you have vision? I have you to have say... Vision? I hate Alice in this movie. I hate no, this Alice movie, in this movie. This movie if people are like i'm team alice i'm like did you not watch breaking dawn did you not read breaking dawn alice is kind of a monster alice she's been yelling at her siblings alice sucks um alice is yelling at her siblings because no one has vision and they're just trying to decorate they're caring like it's very clearly supposed to be a comic relief moment that happens way too soon in this movie yeah what are this is not a twilight opening this isn't what is this like this is the moment where movies have to also be funny to be good because twilight the first edition the first movie twilight it didn't have to make jokes for it to have funny moments this is clearly a we need to try to appeal to everyone we want to be a blockbuster we want them to give us their money and we know that the fans are going to do it we know the fans are going to put asses in seats 
we need to get everyone else who has no idea what to expect, who will not respect this prop, like this IP. Let's have the cute girly one carrying a giant log and one of them screaming about how no one has visions for a wedding. That's going to be funny. Well, and I think also it's like, it's, it's to give like humanity and like lightheartedness to the Cullens. And it's like, you just can't at this point. Like, every interaction that we have where the Cullens are, like, loosened up or whatever just is weird. Like, it, I don't know. It just was this weird, like, uh... Just, I, I didn't notice it the first time through watching these movies, like, the very first time. Any good interaction that Bella ever had with the vampires is solely kept in the book. Like, any yeah. fun, lighthearted moments, all of that was kept in the book. And I think it was because it's like, oh, well, this has to be brooding and serious and deep and like philosophical or whatever except for that one comment in eclipse where bella's like that's what you said last time about the party like that one comment yeah and it it just doesn't hit for me personally Mm -hmm. the quote-unquote humor in this movie doesn't work it's also way too soon to try to make any jokes like this is the light-hearted part this is the easy part although i will say I did not love that it opened with the wedding. Like, Mm-mm. I know that's how Breaking Dawn opens, but it felt so out of place for me personally as someone who watches movies. Weddings always go at the end. So to see it at the beginning, pacing was bad. Right off the bat, did not love pacing. But we're not at really at that, the worst part of it. I also need to say my notes are going to be pretty useless. I'm going to do my best, but... My next note is literally, what the fuck is this opening? Because of this whole scene. So then we cut to that night. Bella's supposed to get beauty sleep. Edward comes over. They have a conversation where he's like, I need you to know my full history. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You guys have been dating for over a year now. And you're going to wait until the night before you marry her to be like, actually, look at these deep, dark things. And I'm just like, abuse, abuse, abuse. Right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bella makes a joke like, oh, what, you're not a virgin? Which, like, he's not. I want that to be known. Like, I'm pretty sure he, one, is not. Two, got around in the book, like, in his early days when he's young and rebellious. But when he's trying to be like, I need to tell you my deep, dark secret, blah, 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 blah. It's, one, you rebelling and being a drama queen, not a surprise. I can promise you that, Edward. Bella was like, he's going to tell me about a time he threw a temper tantrum. Not surprising to anyone. But also, everything he says is not that crazy of a confession. He admits to hunting and murdering people, but everyone he hunts and murders is a murderer or, like, a rapist. Like, he's killing objectively bad people and draining their blood. But, like, he's not doing it to good people, to, like, innocent young women or children or anything like that. He's doing it to bad people. And I'm like, I don't know. I hate his poor me shtick. I hate this whole, like, I'm so poor. I'm just like, Edward, get the fuck over yourself. However, I would love to see a film noir of vampire Edward just going around being, like, a secret Batman, but it's Edward the Vampire film noir style oh dude we can just watch the newest we can just watch the new batman in a black and white filter and i think we'll have the niche filled refuse is it because it's super long no it's because it's batman 
Okay, well, I don't have time to unpack all of this. We right don't now. have time to unpack. Well, you know what? That'll be a later episode. That's so- a later thing. I also don't like Batman. I went for the record. I'm not a Batman apologist. I don't like Batman. I like Robin. Um, we don't have time to get much further into that. Yeah. So we're already talking about one dumpster yeah. fire. I also want to say with Edward, real quick. Yeah. I don't think it's that weird that a vampire might not immediately go to this whole like vegetarian uh-huh. lifestyle. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's weird. I think that's I mean, their nature. Out of all of them, Esme's the only one who did like Rosalie killed people, didn't drink blood. Esme has never like killed a human or had like drinking blood. But Jasper yeah. and Alice and Edward all did. That's like half the and Emmett, did yeah. Emmett. Yeah. Did Emmett too? Emmett I don't did. remember. Okay. Yeah. So, like, so whatever. I don't think it's that crazy. I don't think it's that weird. I don't think anything he said was necessarily an argument against don't be a vampire. Because if the whole thing is like, oh, I lost control. It's terrifying. I had no sense of control whatsoever. I I'm saved like, but all you these women's yourself. lives. Like, yeah. Dude, you were killing murderers and rapists. I'm sorry. That gets a gold sticker in my book. I know that you hate to have it, bud, but I think that you did the right thing. You did a good thing. And in this, when he's trying to, like, be so real and, like, bare his soul to Bella on the night before their wedding. First, I just have to say. Okay. Bubbly, happy Bella is weird. Yeah, it does not match. This bubbly, like, happy Bella is weird. I don't like it. I just had to say that. Here's the thing. I think it's only because she's excited that she's getting married. She's finally going to get everything she I don't wanted. think she's excited to get married. Oh, God, no. Oh, no, no. But she's excited for her wedding night. Because we have this little parkour scene that is a poor imitation of the Jacob parkour scene where they just jack Jacob in the box. Jacob did it better. What the, the fuck? Better. The Emmett Jasper holding onto Emmett- those windows and just like, and then Jasper showing up and being like, like, what the fuck was that? They like jacking the box up into the window to be like, we're taking him for his bachelor party. I outwardly screamed, what the fuck in that moment. So, and then Bella is like, are there going to be strippers? Because Stephanie Meyer is horny and she's embarrassed about being horny on Maine. So she tries to like hide it behind jokes and it's like, oh no, we're just going hunting. Da, 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 da. And my question here, what was Bella's bachelorette party? Who was Bella's maid of honor? Who was throwing her, like, bridal shower, her bachelorette party? Who was doing anything to, like, celebrate this girl? Wasn't it Alice? What was the bachelorette party? Didn't they, in the book, they had a bachelorette party, didn't they? No. They had a bachelor party for Edward? Because they thought it was a whole thing with um, Jessica and everyone. Why is the first, did Bella Swan have an eating disorder is the first thing that comes up. Oh, God. Well, we don't have to. Does Bella Swan have autism? Does Bella Swan have BPD? Did Bella Swan have a job? (laughs) Okay, so I am currently in the r slash Twilight subreddit. So I think this is going to be the most accurate place. No, she did not. She did not have a bachelorette party. So why didn't Bella have a bachelorette party? So like these people are saying it's the last thing Bella would have wanted. No thing good has come from parties she's attended. Bachelorette party would have made her the center of attention. We know how much Bella hated that. But you mean to tell me that one, Alice never had... What are bachelorette parties if not an excuse to dress up your best friend, the bride, 
in stupid little outfits and parade her around town. And you mean to tell me that Alice would have missed out on that? You mean to tell me that Jessica and Angela wouldn't have, like, taken her to lunch or something for a bachelorette party? Like, it's just weird. And I feel like having Edward go on a bachelor party without Bella having a bachelorette is a weird thing to include. And I don't like that she didn't get a bachelorette party because I feel like this movie also calls attention to the fact that Bella does not have a person like she does not have a support system she does not have a team like rallying behind her at most she has charlie and jacob mostly just jacob because charlie doesn't know about any of this like supernatural bullshit she doesn't have any friends and even jacob's pissed off at her for most of the time she doesn't have anyone that she can go to about like all of this stressful stuff and i feel like that's really sad yeah and like it's supposed to be alice and rosalie and esme are supposed to be her like support system and she's supposed to have jessica and angela but it's like she doesn't but like jessica and angela really aren't her friends not really and truly they're girls that she knows also her room is packed up so not only is this her wedding night this is her last night there and then she's just moving out yeah so a lot of big stuff is happening and then we cut to the next scene in which bella is walking down the aisle there's a bunch of cgi rose petals this is my favorite scene the cgi rose petals sent me over the edge because it's so ugly do you know what all i, can I think hated of? those do you know what? all i can think of akatar and the red rose petals oh man that's a weird callback call forward call forward call back all around so that's a weird telephone it's a weird smoke signal to put out into the universe (laughs) also i have bella's nightmare girl listen to yourself like here's the thing nothing about this makes this seem like bella really wants any of this like she doesn't like the nightmare okay so to recap the nightmare she's walking down the aisle everything's super white edward's there in a white suit there are cgi rose petals falling everywhere around them and like leaving a trail behind bella and the only reason i bring it up is because it is so uncanny valley cgi that i could not look away i was losing track of it she's also in a much prettier dress than what she actually wears to her wedding she's like in a beautiful wedding dress she's walking down the aisle she looks gorgeous. She's happy. She's walking down to Edward. Everyone's standing and applauding. And then we get to the altar. And Edward is in all white. And then she gets up there. And then all of a sudden, like, she reaches out and there's blood on her hand. There's blood on Edward's mouth. There's blood on his suit. It pans back. Her dress is covered in blood. And it pans back farther and farther to a pile of all of their all of her human friends and family in white everyone that she's ever known dead having their blood sucked out and i'm just sitting there like maybe listen to this rob pattinson has this weird smile (laughs) on his mouth this is my favorite scene This is my favorite, because you know that Rob Pattinson was having the best time in that scene. He was like, fucking, finally. (laughs) We're done, baby. He didn't realize that there was going to be two books or two movies for one book. He thought it was a one and done situation. He's like, we're almost out of here. I mean, I'm sure in his mind, he's like, finally, all of this horrible shit and I can look like a bad guy. And it's this really macabre scene and like. Yeah. 
Uh, but Bella wakes up. She's like, oh, I had a, a nightmare, a bad dream. Alice is like, Whoops. didn't I tell you to get beauty sleep? Something about my canvas. And I'm like. Yeah. And it's fuck? like, okay, this is weird. This is so weird. And then Rosalie comes in and she's like, I have no issues with your choice of groom, just your choice of lifestyle. And then they become friends. But it's this super weird, tense relationship <laughs> between Bella and Rosalie. Uh, Renee and Charlie are walking up the stairs. And Charlie sees all the graduation caps. And I just want to say, my, I texted you this, and I was like, alternate universe from New Moon on, where mm -hmm. Bella tells Charlie everything and is like, hey, Edward's a vampire, falls in love with Jacob, they have their thing. But the most important part is that Bella and Charlie become father and daughter vampire haunter duo. And that's what I want in this world. <laughs> so Renee says, huh, how creative. And then Charlie goes, or weird. And I feel like that was just a conversation with me. Like Charlie going, or weird, is just something I would say. Like you'd be like, oh my gosh, so creative. They should be vampire hunters. It made me think okay. of that sound that was like, everybody's so creative. Creative. <laughs> Everybody's so creative. Everyone's so creative. You see how you probably shouldn't have done that, but you did it anyway. And that's how it felt watching this movie. So this is my, here's my next three notes. Cause we get a little montage pre wedding ceremony and it goes, God, that ring. What is this movie? God, I love Jessica. <laughs> yeah. So, because what happens is Charlie and Renee are looking for Bella. Alice will not let, Bella hug Renee after Bella receives this very lovely family heirloom from Not Renee. A, yeah, a gorgeous family heirloom from her mother that they, she and Charlie together in like pool together to inlay sapphires in it, right? Sapphires? Yeah, like, so they had some diamonds replaced and then put sapphires in its place so it could be something new, something borrowed. Like, it's a family heirloom to hit like the something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue kind of thing like with this one thing renee yeah. is getting emotional like you can pass it on to your daughter one day i'm so happy it's your wedding like it's an emotional uh moment on bella's wedding day she goes to hug her mom and alice stops her and is like no you can't like smudge perfection like don't ruin my masterpiece and i have a note i'm like can't you fix it can't can't you just let her hug your mom can you imagine not letting someone hug her mom on her wedding day just fix the makeup and i'm like this is just emotional manipulation this is red flag also women know how to hug without smudging makeup like are you kidding me yeah any makeup smudges probably would be from bella crying but bella's already crying in which case you're already a bad makeup artist because you should know that bella's probably going to cry on her wedding day and everyone knows to use waterproof mascara Get it together, Alice. And the ring. We see that awful, 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 awful ring. It's bad. It's a bad, 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 bad ring. So then we have like this scene pre-wedding. There's tons of vampires there. Jessica and Angela and Mike and Eric are there. And they have this conversation. And they're all staring like, wow, they're, they must all be related. Like, good genetics. And then Jessica goes to Mike and goes, hey, Mike, do you have some drool? <laughs> and it, I just... Yeah, right. You got some drool. I which I was love so Jessica. the blonde women are the Denali coven. They are also vegetarian vampires. Yeah, and they're gonna come up again. There's a, a bit. lot more 
tension. Yeah, there's they come up a little bit later. There's a lot more tension in the books because, again, these are the women that are so beautiful, so gorgeous, that Edward was spending a lot of one-on-one time with up in Alaska when he was brooding over how much he loved Bella. Like, I want that to be known. Like, there's really no tension with them being there until a little bit later. And it just drove me crazy because I'm like, they're, they're people. They are heavy hitters for the plot, actually. And they're just kind of being ignored. But whatever. And then we also have my other favorite Jessica line of, do you think that she'll be showing yet? Oh, my God. Because Jessica rightfully calls out exactly what Bella was afraid of in that people would think that she's pregnant. And she's like, why else would they be... Jessica calling out, why else would they be get, getting married this young? Who gets married this young if you're not pregnant? Jessica and Bella should have been better friends. Like, I wish Bella had spent more time with Jessica. But obviously she couldn't have been friends with Bella because she's like other girls. She has dirty, nasty thoughts, such as, what if I were to hold hands with Edward? Like a harlot. But then Bella starts walking down the aisle in the ugliest dress I've ever seen in a dress that is nothing like what Bella would actually wear because it goes all, like it has a see-through back all the way down like just buttons along the spine and then mesh panels like you if she were to bend forward in that dress you would see crack kind of low back Bella would never wear that but then it's also incredibly ugly on the front because there's this weird diamond pleating thing going on and it just looks all kinds of ugly from every angle. It's not a good dress, not a good wedding ring. And Bella doesn't look like she wants to be there. There's not a single face that she makes her entire wedding that makes it seem like she wants to be there. Well, this is also, this is the least Bella wedding ever. Like if Bella were to pick her own wedding, there'd be six people. It would be out by like a campfire and then they'd have like a cookout afterwards. Like Bella would not want a hundred people she would go to city hall and sign the license and call it a day she'd have a pizza party or something afterwards like and that's if she was like feeling it in the moment this is so not a bella wedding yeah like i'm just saying we never see phil either i just want to say we see half of phil we see literally half of him and it's so funny Half of him. Phil is such a non-consequential person. Like, he could be lifted out of the story and not change anything. Um, But we never really get to see Phil. But we do get a lot of score and movie shots that make it feel like the movie's at the end. I have two fun facts for you. What's your fun fact? We got a Stephanie Meyer cameo. God, I missed it again. Yeah, so she... um... I unfortunately have this the image of this woman burned into my brain. So every time she comes on screen, I'm like, oh, it's her. So she had a cameo as Bella's walking down the aisle. She's one of the people standing there, like, smiling. Two, as they are saying their vows to each other, it is the same song that plays during the prom dance. Like, don't get me wrong. That's a really cute moment. That's a really cute callback. Really cute reference. I hated the score- Okay, this score for this movie, the soundtrack was not it. I'm sorry. Bad soundtrack. Bad score. Was not a fan of this one. There wasn't any good music in it. There really wasn't. Like, this was the one time we had, like, a good song. And it was a reused song. 
it was a reused song. And I understand the callback. I understand the reference. I understand the homage. It just, the entire setup to this wedding was not, this is the beginning of the story. This is the end of the story. They shot it that way. They performed it that way. And I didn't love it because I'm like, I'm expecting to leave. I'm expecting now to see the credits roll, get up out of my seat and walk out of the theater. The theater being my house. And it's not good. And I didn't like it. And I did not feel like it was actually setting us up for a move, like for the rest of the movie. It felt like this, the whole wedding thing could have been condensed much, much shorter. And then we could have had a lot more exposition, perhaps later on, because this movie was just paced weird. Part of that could have been because I watched the extended edition. It just, I hated the pacing. This was really poor pacing. The pacing, I... I think I understand the pacing because it matches the book. That is not to say that the book has good pacing because this matches the book. And I think that I they were attempting to go from a best night ever descent into madness feeling in this movie. However, it doesn't really work especially when you put it against the other installments of this series. Yeah, which I want to talk about the first kiss where Edward and Bella are kissing and you see like the rest of the world kind of disappears, which does match what they said in the book, because in the book, Bella describes it as like the rest of the world fell apart, like just melted away. It was only her and Edward and they kissed for such a long time. Someone in the front row cleared their throat and that was her cue to like break it up and they didn't show that in the movie which i think is also i'm like but this is but they did kiss for a weirdly long amount of time in the movie they did kiss for a weirdly long amount of time but it's like the world faded from view and then came back into view and everyone was cheering it was supposed to be they were kissing for such a long time it was uncomfortable and i feel like that's what these movies really missed is that it's we are the audience supposed to feel like jessica watching these movies we are supposed to be like but are we watching the absurdity? So that so that's my question. And I think maybe that's why. So I think that would make it better if we looked at it from that perspective. However, like you said, these movies are being very dictated by one Miss Stephanie Myers, who I would bet some money on doesn't see it like that and looks at this as this is beautiful. This is perfect. This is everything I want. I'm going to show this is beautiful and perfect and everything that I want. I'm not going to show that it's awkward and uncomfortable and weird. But like, the thing is, I think for the movies, yes, you might be correct, but I feel like in the book, she acknowledged how awkward it was, but that's what Bella wanted. Like, I think a lot of the and maybe I'm not explaining it right, but I feel like the idea that Bella is 18 and this is the longest, most passionate kiss that she's ever had in her life reads better in the books. Like the entire world melted away. He was the only person there. I'm so cemented and happy in my choices. Nothing else matters. Someone has to clear their throat before we break away. Like, I think seeing that played out would have been better than seeing like they kiss for kind of a long time, but also not the longest time I've ever, I could imagine for the two of them and people are cheering like people should have been, I don't know. I didn't like that the way this first kiss, this first kiss was portrayed. So you wanted people to not show happiness 
at the wedding. You wanted them to be uncomfortable. Um, I wanted it to be more accurate to the book where someone had to clear their throat and then like they pull away and there's that awkwardness because I feel like this whole time that at least shows that Bella and Edward like each other to the outside viewer, us as Jessica. I feel like right now, if everyone's just standing up and cheering as the kiss goes on for kind of a long time, I don't feel like it really shows that they are two stupid, horny teenagers. And I feel like that's what this movie is missing, or at least this opening scene is missing, that the first two movies captured very well. I don't know about that. I don't think the the first two movies captured very well that they're two stupid, horny teenagers. I don't think that there is any other explanation for Edward being ready to off himself in such a dramatic fashion besides he's horny and his pretty girlfriend is dead. I don't think it has anything to do with being horny. I think it has him having to do with being a stupid man, a stupid, abusive man who's overdramatic. I don't think horny comes into it at all for him. I think it comes into play for Bella, especially in Eclipse. I think that this movie does not do justice to how horny Edward is, especially because Edward has to continuously push Bella off of him in the books and only close mouth kisses. And in the movies, he's allowed to open mouth kiss. Like, whatever. We can move on because I don't want to harp about if this movie does a good job showing them as horny idiots because I know in my heart, especially, I want to get to the part where I'm like, no, I was correct because Edward says a line, at, can we just jump ahead to their honeymoon or do you want to talk more about their no, wedding? I want to talk about the absolute insanity that was all like, first of all, them all staring at the cake and Alice going, do you think it's too much? And they all go, no. Oh, right after she definitely heard them talking about how this was all too much. Yes. That that scene was camp. You have to admit there is nothing more camp. Nothing Stop more it. enjoyable. You're not allowed to bring up camp anymore if you're going to fight. If I come in here and say this movie's camp and you say no, it isn't, you're not allowed to then say scenes in this movie are camp. I'm putting my foot so far down. Pick them up. No. So <laughs> I am just going to have to say there's nothing funnier to me. I think in the hierarchy of scenes that will absolutely get me <laughs> laughing on the floor, number one are elevator scenes. Funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Love them to death. I think they are hilarious. Number two is having a group of characters shit talk, have the character they're shit talking about come and catch them in the act, and then all do like very pleasant small talk as if nothing happened. That is a surefire way for me to laugh and just have a great time. And that was the last moment of enjoyment I had from this movie. Okay, so then we have this series, we have this conversation with the Denali's where one of the yes. women is like, they let one of them here because Seth is, is at the wedding with Billy. They have a, and this woman liked Laurent or was in love with Laurent or was mated to Laurent or someone. They were mates with Laurent. Yeah, she was like, he was going to be like us. He wanted to be like us. He wasn't going to kill her. And it's like, no, he was, he was going to fucking kill her. Like. He was going to kill her. They're like, no, 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 no. Couldn't have been him. Couldn't, couldn't have done it. This is a woman wearing silver to a wedding. Huge faux pas. Which again, I'm like, they're trying to add drama where there was enough drama had they just been someone that they reached out to in Eclipse and then were rejected. Yeah, but can you think about how much longer Eclipse would have been? Could you have sat through another 30 minutes of that movie? 
No, but I could have sat through a 30-second like piece of throwaway dialogue of, like, we don't have any other choice. The Denali clan rejected us. Our cousin's up to, like, we're going to reach out to our cousins in Alaska. They rejected us. Now we have to side with the wolves. That is 30 seconds of dialogue. Counter-argument, would you have then said they didn't bring enough of the Denali story into this and they should have expounded on it more? Because I know you and you're never satisfied. <laughs> I'm never satisfied. I will never be satisfied. But I do think that would have been better because they at least would have had a little bit more drama. Whereas I think having her wear silver to a wedding to try to indicate to the audience like, oh, she's trouble. She's I didn't a know handful. That. She's wearing white to a wedding. Oh, with silver. Not it's, it's not white. It's silver. That's different. Okay, but everyone knows, like you don't wear light colored things that are close to white. You don't wear champagne. You don't wear white. You don't wear bridal colors. And silver, I think, counts as a bridal shower or bridal color. Okay. Anyways, they have this anyway. conversation. She gets upset. She leaves. Whatever. Then we have the moment in which I lost all of my brain cells. Because we have the speech from Emmett. We have oh, the, the speech montage. Speech from Jessica, from Charlie, from Alice, and from Renee. And I want to I want to read you my notes. Can I just say first, I would love for you to read your notes. I just want to say Jessica being all mad that she can't have Edward because he married Bella, got like all interested in Bella is the exact same way I act when my fictional character crush is a fictional character and falls in love with a fictional character in the in the same book and I'm just mad about it for like two hours. You no are reason. Jessica. Like, like it's canon. No, it's true. I am Jessica. Um, I just wanted everyone to know that. Please hit me with your notes. Okay, so it goes, what the fuck is this best man speech? I hate it here, Emmett. Jessica. Ah. <laughs> Charlie, what is happening? And then it's just Alice. Next line, Renee. Next line, what is happening? Next line, I'm losing brain cells. Because I want to know yes. that during the second time, the first or second time Renee comes on screen, she's singing a lullaby. Yes. That's when I lost my fucking mind. Although I will say Charlie's speech fitting very Apropos. good i thought it was cute i thought it was, thought adorable. It was a good one it was cute um i will say these speeches were pretty cringy they're oh pretty mortifying to watch god i have to be so real i have to be honest for the podcast to you my friend Margot, to everyone listening no measure of time will ever be long enough but let's start with forever that got me i i would oh i love that shit ate that up oh at this point i was so angry at edward i was like oh my god get over yourself <laughs> i oh my god no i don't think i fully prepared edward, you for how angry i am oh. at this movie listen i hate to say it there are a few notes i have in here where i'm like oh no i kind of like edward in this moment right here i love this line so I, I needed to be honest. I am a hater through he's and a, through to my core. He's a poet. I'll give him that he's a poet. No measure of time will ever be enough, but let's start with forever. Stop. Stop it. If any other fictional man said that, he would be on the floor with me. With you? Yeah. 
Come on, that kind of shit gets me every time. I am nothing if not predictable in what I want. Damn, unfortunately, that's a Stephanie Meyer original. Hey, here's the thing. Good for her. That line, it got me hook, line, and sinker. I fell for that shit. That one, it got me. Okay, tell me that if if Feyre heard that line from her mate, because I don't want to give spoilers because I told several people to read that. If he said that, then you know that you'd be on the ground with me. I understand. However, it is the man who said it that I can't get over. <laughs> hey, man, listen, even a monkey will type out Shakespeare. You give him a typewriter and enough time. And like, I will not end up on the floor with that monkey. I'm sorry. Like, I. T- no, we, you and I are on the floor dying, sobbing because we're like so hit by emotion. Not when it comes out of that creepazoid's mouth. I can close my eyes and imagine someone else said <laughs> Oh my it. god, you are so, you just so want this so bad. <laughs> I love this. No, I'm just being honest to the world, to the podcast, to you. And I As I am a hater through and through. I appreciate your honesty. I'm the hater in love this Love that scenario. line. I That's am fine. Here. That's cool. Someone sometimes got to take a break from it because that shit got me. I was with the rest of the audience going, aw. I was in the back with Jessica going, <laughs> So anyways, Jacob shows up, and I want to say my next two lines. Jacob shows up. New line. I, new line. These notes are useless. Because that's what I had to say about the scene with Jacob. Yeah. So angry at this movie, Kirstie. So Jacob Jacob shows up, and right before he shows up, my note is the, ha- like, or no, Jacob shows up. And then all of a sudden, Bella is happy. And it's the happiest that she's looked the entire movie, including her weird little dream sequence. She is delighted that Jacob is there. Yeah. I also, again, want to throw out, genetically speaking, Jacob should be having gay panic thoughts about Edward right now. He should be... He's extra feeling it because she's ovulating right now. Yeah. So he should be having a moment. Um, but my only other note for this scene is I'm such a Taylor Lautner girl. I'm kicking my feet because he came on and he was so sweet and so adorable. And I was he, in all of, in all of these scenes, in all of these scenes with Edward, where he's like all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Let's start with forever, whatever. Taylor Lautner. I, but then Taylor Lautner, they're dancing in the woods. He's picking her up. He's spinning her around. Picking her up effortlessly. I want to remember you like this, alive and warm. Ugh. So he mentions that he was a wolf for a while. It feels weird being a human again and wearing clothes again because he spent so long in wolf form. Yes. They talk about the honeymoon. Yeah. Bella lets him know that she's going to spend her honeymoon as human, this sets Jacob off because he's like, well, it's not even going to be a real honeymoon. And she's like, I don't see how that's any of your business. Um, he gets upset. He's like, he could kill you. Like, he can't control himself. So they're skirting around this. But basically what they're saying is, quote unquote, a real honeymoon means Bella and Edward are going to be having sex. And Jacob is freaking out because rightfully so. Edward could kill Bella while having sex together. 
And I just want to say, weird conversation to be sharing with someone you haven't seen for a few months. Why is everyone suddenly so invested in Bella's sex life? So, other thing that I think the movies leave out that the books touch on. Edward is very hesitant to have sex with her while he's a vampire and she's human because he has the same fear. All of this, oh, it's going to destroy your soul, is part of it. But it's not... Like, every time he's pushed her away, it's been, in the movies, I feel like it's focused so much on, I want to make sure that your soul is pure. I want to focus on the purity aspect. It is not, I don't think I am strong enough not to kill you. I don't have enough control not to kill you. Yeah. So. So then Jacob gets really mad. The whole pack shows up to stop him. Poor Seth. I, Seth is adorable throughout this entire movie. I just need to say that. I love Seth. Yeah. Sweet little innocent Seth. Okay, so then they leave for the honeymoon. This stupid scene. Everyone is out waving them goodbye. They leave for the honeymoon. Renee is acting like she will not see Bella ever again. And I said, Bella, everything you are doing is against your own instincts. Like, what are you doing? Like, Bella does not look excited to leave to go on this honeymoon. Bella doesn't, like, she's like, she looks like she's questioning everything. Like, no, she seems depressed. She seems scared. I... I just, why is she doing this? Like, she's, I don't know. This just doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, so I was trying to decipher my own note uh, because it, the only thing it says is I couldn't ignore the red flags like this. I'm sorry. I just couldn't. And I finally deciphered what that meant. Okay. And it's, Edward did not tell her where he was taking her. It's supposed to be a surprise. (sighs) And Bella is telling that to like her mom and her parents and everything and her mom seems excited for her like it's the last time they're ever going to see each other probably it's supposed to be kind of like this emotional thing but but, but renee doesn't know that no but like there's just something like the fact that she doesn't know where she's going on her honeymoon and like renee also seems kind of hesitant to send bella off charlie's there he has a lot of reservations and doubts about edward I'm like, there are so many red flags because when she comes back, she's still, we can get there. Again, I want to cover the Charlie timeline. Charlie makes me want to cry in this scene. Like saying, you'll always have a home here. You can always come back. Like this movie, I fucking felt for Charlie. Like, and like you said, we'll go through the Charlie timeline. But like, so then they leave. We hear a wolf howling, heartbreaking. It does not seem like Bella is interested in any of this. They go to... Here's the thing. Usually this kind of scene would really hurt me. It would get me so hard in the feels. But because I know what's going to happen, I just don't care. And that's why I think that the wedding scene, all of this, it felt too drawn out. It did not do a good job of setting up like, there's more movie that's going to happen. Don't worry, there's still plot. I think what they were trying to do was set up like, look at how much she could lose. Look at this. And I, I also think, I also think, now hear me out on this. Okay. I think a certain Stephanie fucking Meyer, who had a lot of sway in the production of this, really wanted to see a big opulent wedding for them and wanted to draw it out because it's her fucking dream and it's the blah, 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 blah. Perhaps, mayhaps, I could believe that theory. I'm not saying that's a bad theory. That's a good theory. Thank I'm you. just saying my personal opinion is that this scene to set up the movie gave us very limited stakes that I actually gave a shit about. Um, I don't think that it was, 
important. I feel like you could still have this big opulent wedding scene, but cut down on these speeches, cut down on this long goodbye thing, like make it go a little bit faster, pick up the pace because I was bored. I know that there's supposed to be more movie after it, but they were painting this wedding scene as the final scene of Eclipse, not the first scene of Breaking Dawn. And that's what got me. Yeah, I, I agree. I can, I can kind of see what they were trying to go for but i agree it was not well done but i i can also kind of see like i get it i i don't like it but i get it um i think my expectations are just too high because again i'm like making all of these literary references and i'm pretty sure you were correct in the robert frost foam of wolf hot vampire cold and i'm like i think it's this and that i I mean, like, here's the thing. You do have too high of expectations because I need to remind you what we're talking about right now. This is not a work of literary greatness. This is a the work of- The first one was. The first one was great. This one is it, just a The first fire. one is great in its cringy, bad, terrible way. But the first, the first one was one not- is- a great- We don't need to- I, We are getting off topic. I want to keep a steamrolling ahead. <laughs> okay. They go to Rio. They Yep, we're back in Rio again. They walk through the city. It's loose and everyone's making out and it's fun and it's nighttime and Bella's like, "Oh my god, people are just making out everywhere. It's the first time I've ever seen this." It's fun. I think it's very fun. Seems like a cool place. Uh they don't stay there. They get on a boat. They're just passing through and then they go to Isle Esme, which I gotta say, get you a man who buys you an island. He bought her an island! Just cause. Which, to be honest, that makes a lot of sense. Like, if you're a vampire, I'd also want, like, a little private getaway that I don't have to worry about. My question is, how do they hunt? Or, like, what are they hunting on that island? Well, they, they don't, because remember Edward left a note saying, I went to the mainland to hunt. Mm, okay that i didn't remember exactly what was on the note because i'm like yeah I, I feel like the only way to improve upon that would be to have a food source on the island yeah so we get to the island we get to this beautiful house the door those front doors of that house like the massive swinging open doors gorgeous i have two notes though one edward way too tan in these scenes way too tan way too tan second she is carrying these six-inch black pumps, indicating that that's what she was walking around in. There is no way in hell, after that first opening shot that we see Bella can barely walk in heels, that that's what she was just dancing around in the streets of Rio in? No fucking yeah. way! Well, that she would wear for a full day of travel. But we also have to remember that Alice kind of just dresses her as she sees fit. And there's so, no way that she would have been like, hold on, Edward, I need to buy a pair of flip-flops from this store in the airport. No, like, here's the thing. I, yeah, it's not great. Um, He picks her up bridal style, carries her across the threshold. Again, um, kicking my feet over the fact he just picks her up so effortlessly. That got me again. I'm sorry. The team Edward came out twice, just twice. They're done. Team Edward fully packed away, 
threw that shit out in the garbage right after that scene. We're done because I got the biggest ick after he called her Mrs. Cullen. See, my my team Edward has been burning in the dumpster fire of this movie the whole time so far. Listen, I... I watch a lot of anime, and sometimes beggars do not get to be choosers when it comes to the main characters. So, there are two points. There were two points where I'm like, you know what? I love it. I love it. I can't. I can't. That's, that's fair. All right. You're, you're, ad- you're admitting your faults, and I appreciate that about you. I am being so real, so honest. I'm not going to come onto this podcast Ooh, and be like, I'm a liar. I'm a faker. No, I'm going to be very real. Edward is a piece of shit, but God damn it. If he did not make my heart skip a beat when he just picked Bella up to carry her across the threshold. Cuter when now, Jacob picked that, her up. Uh, that was also a moment I was losing <laughs> my mind. Yeah. Um, so then Bella's like, I, I need, need a, a few, few human, human minutes. minutes. And we get the follow-up to the catch-up scene. In which Bella tries to put toothpaste on her toothbrush. What was that? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say that panic, like last minute prep for a date feeling where you're like, shit, I have to shave everything. I have to brush my teeth. I have to do my hair. Like I'm running around. She was just stuff. at her wedding. Why is oh, she shaving her legs yes, now? No, I agree. Why were her legs not shaved before her wedding? Like th- this doesn't make sense. I relate to this general vibe. This doesn't make sense. And what the fuck with that tooth? To- like Kristen Stewart. What the fuck? Like, has she never put toothpaste on a toothbrush before? Half of that tube was out. Kristen, hey, do you want to come on the pod and show us how you spread ketchup on fries and also put toothpaste on a toothbrush? Because, huh? Kristen, I will be so honest. I will be nice to you. I'll be very chill. I will. We won't say step by step. We're going to be starstruck and in love. So, like, if you want the best experience of your life, come on this podcast. Step by step, I will show you how to put ketchup on fries. (laughs) I will show you how to put toothpaste on. I will, like, come up behind you very consensually, I promise you, to show you how to do these these things since you don't – clearly, based on this acting, you don't know how. Um, but I will be so kind and polite if you come on this podcast. Anyway. So she is pa- – she has, like, a full-on panic moment sitting in a towel on the bathroom floor, and I think it's hilarious. Yeah, she they is go- pulling out um, lingerie that Alice packed her. Nothing that scandalous. I have to say, I understand that it's a PG thirteen movement. Listen, I bring that up. I bring that up later. I bring it up later. Don't you fucking worry. Like, yeah. So they go swimming. She walks out. He's standing in the ocean, like naked. She drops her towel and walks out. And I have to say one thing. First of all, the reflection of the moon keeps changing directions every shot they have so like it's supposed to be coming from this direction but then you get a like a camera angle on like the right side and it's like backwards it's like the moon keeps shifting angles and it's so bad and also this is the first time he's seeing her naked and he doesn't just stare at her tits lies like it's because she has this whole moment of, like, don't be a coward, don't be a coward. So then she, like, just builds up the courage to just go for it. And I respect that. He would be freezing cold in the middle of the night. That ocean is also freezing cold. I have to assume freezing cold. 
Uh, although no it would be summer in Rio, but that's below the equator. So it would be their winter. Okay. So it would be freezing in that water, holding on to Edward, who is as cold as ice. I digress. They go into the bedroom. And there's a scene <laughs> in which they they are having sex. <laughs> and they break the bed. Explain the bed breaking to me. So the bed breaks. And this is a canopy bed. Like, this is a four-post canopy bed, like, big fancy fucking bed. Solid wood. He grabs wood. on solid wood, okay? He grabs onto the back of the headboard. Yes. And in doing so, like, takes a chunk out. And then as, like, that chunk falls out, the poster over to the left, like, the post over to the left also snaps in half. And I just need to know, based on how that frame breaks, who built this? Also, another note we see in the scene where she wakes up, the opposite corner of the back of the bed is the same post is broken. So, But when you look at it, the bed posts are broken at opposite diagonals. So the top of the four-poster bed the canopy is broken at two different angles. And we are assuming here, yeah. because this is Stephanie Meyer and Twilight, they were in missionary during the scene, and we can only assume that they stayed in missionary during the scene. How the fuck did the back of the bed break? It, like, the bed is broken in just ways where I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And That's not how there's a lot of... Breaks. That's not how a bed breaks. Um, there's a lot of cutaways and slow pans and quick cuts. So obviously, who knows what could have happened. But the next morning, there's feathers everywhere. Um, Bella is over the moon. She had a great night. She was having a fantastic time. She's practically just dancing to her best little life and then she sees how angry edward is and they have a very awkward encounter about it where she is trying to like hey how's it going i'm super proud of myself that i just had sex for the first time and had fun and it was great and awesome what a great wedding night i'm an adult and he's now. brooding yeah I'm an adult now. And he's brooding. He's upset. He's like, how badly did I hurt you? Are you still in pain? Bella doesn't even register what he's talking about until he shows her, like, a bruise on her arm that looks like a handprint. He had grabbed her too tightly. She has bruises all over her. The bed is destroyed. All of this stuff. Um, he starts having a temper tantrum. He's like, I've ruined it. I've ruined it. And she's like, you're ruining it now. He's like, I'm never having sex with you again. She's like, wait. I also, a, a side note in here. Bella says, I can't imagine it gets any better. And I just want to say, girl, it gets so much better. Because I can't imagine that that sex was any good. 
I can't imagine that it would be anything more than awkward and over too quickly. I... I... <laughs> God, I did not do that bit very well. Hold, please. I tried my best. I have a straw so I could make it, a slurpy sound and I didn't came, do it very well. It came through, though. That's all that matters. Um, that is all that matters. Anyway, so... This also is another moment in which I feel he's being extremely abusive. No, like, it's incredibly manipulative, incredibly abusive. She's having a great time. She's happy about it. She um, is consenting. Is, he, she's consenting. However, he he stops consenting and she keeps doing it. And that feels bad, too. So, yeah. Uh, also, he should be sparkling like the sun. Like, sparkling, he's in the sun. And they he doesn't don't sparkle at all! He does not sparkle once through this movie. And oh, he, he does, should be sparkling. He does sparkle when they jump off the waterfall. I saw a second of sparkle. Okay. See, here's the thing. I missed it. I was probably typing a note about how there's no sparkle and missed it. <laughs> it's anyway. Okay. So also the stupid fucking chessboard. Okay, I kind of loved the chessboard because it looked like the pieces. I the, know what cover and That's that, why that made it's me stupid. It was great. I again, Kersey, I don't know if you understand how angry I am and how much I just hate everything about this movie. It just made me angry. <laughs> Oh, damn. Because I was just like, this movie sucks and I hate it, but I'm getting, like, enjoyment from my own suffering. I'm getting enjoyment um, from the suffering, but I'm also just hating it. I'm the hater see, today. <laughs> no, I understand. But it's really funny because I do have a note where I'm like, I appreciate the red pieces like the book cover. And I was sad that we didn't get a red ribbon like in, like, the Eclipse book cover. I was like, oh, kind of a bummer. Wish we had that. What was the, the new moon was the flower, right? Yeah, it was the flower. We didn't really get that one but it had a pretty good opening title sequence and i don't know i will say chessboard reference better than that stupid apple reference yeah um oh i also think that edward is a much better man than me because i would not have nearly as much self-control if kristen stewart was waltzing around at the house in those little lingerie sets throwing herself at me left and right i couldn't do it i'm sorry lingerie um lingerie that black outfit was something you could have worn in public yeah it's a lot of we don't need sheer nightwear yeah it's it's definitely as risque as you could make it for pg-13 in the books they would describe as something else but Again, I think when we remember that this movie had to be PG-13, that does change the context for what she was wearing just a wee bit. But yeah, she is throwing herself at him. Yeah, so there's a montage of them going out and like exploring and hiking and jumping off waterfalls, playing chess. Edward is purposefully trying to make her as exhausted as possible so she doesn't have any energy at the end of the day. Um, She is horny bella is horny af bella even goes so far as to say i would not mind staying human for another few years had i known it was this good and edward has a throwaway line of like i could have lost like saved myself a lot of arguments had i known the key was sex and i was screaming at my tv i'm like i told you i said that was what was gonna happen so 
after this montage, she has a dream. And in the dream, they are playing chess and she wins and she goes, I win, and then pushes all the pieces away and they start making out, presumably to have sex. She wakes up crying and Edward's like, what's wrong? Like, was it a bad dream? And she was like, no, no, it was a great dream. I'm sad because I know it'll never happen. And then they presumably have sex again. Um, so here's the thing. If we are to follow the book, no, they don't. They had it the one time. And then that was it. Um, so I, it's unclear in also... the movie if they do it again. I don't think that they do. Personally, I don't think they do. I think that they he okay. kept it to the one and done. Um, and she is just sad. She's just lamenting. And he's like, I will change you eventually one day and then we can do it again. Okay. I just was like, I was very but. unclear about that. But also, like, I don't know. That also feels manipulative to be like, I woke up from a dream because we were having sex and you won't do it. And like the fact that she keeps like, he's made it very clear this is a boundary of his. And he said, no, I'm not interested. And she keeps trying to push it anyways. Like, like we talked about last week, no is a full sentence. And if someone says no, that means no, they're not going to have sex with you, Miss Bella Swan. Yeah, you are allowed to say no. It does not matter if you are a man, woman, something else. If you say no to sex, the answer is no. And it's not appropriate that Bella keeps trying to push that boundary. Edward is a much better man than me. There is no way. Because there are other also moments where he is engaging they will kiss for too long under the waterfall and then he immediately swims away and like pushes Bella away. Yeah. Like clearly he wants to, but he has to have the self-control because he's afraid that he's going to hurt her again. Um, I do think that Kristen Stewart throwing herself at him and him rejecting her is supposed to be this comedic thing. Um, boundary violations are not funny. Nope. Sure are not. And now we're at LaPush Beach with the wolves because that's that's the cut that they make. So can I uh, can I rant about this scene? Yeah, okay, I'll sick. allow it. I'm going to just take this over. OK. Yep. OK. Uh, all right. I'm going to sit up for this one. So we cut to them on LaPush Beach. The wolf pack is there. Sam tells Jacob they're not going to do anything about Bella either dying or changing. They're like, it has nothing to do with us. I've decided as pack leader we're not going to do anything about it because Jacob's talking about killing Edward. Leah's there and she they have this conversation about imprinting. And, you know, Jacob's like, you lose your sense of self. I hate it. It's horrible. And Leah's like, I don't know. It'd be nice to be kind of happy than be miserable. And they have... So they have these, during this conversation, there's the group of kids that are unimprinted, and then there's the group of kids that are imprinted, and they're imprinted partners. And it's this happy, weird, okay, it is like this tangle of people sitting over on this beach, everyone's making out and giggling, and it's this weird pile of couples making out and then there's all these other kids sitting mm-hmm. to the side being sad and so low and it just made me so angry that this was the representation once again in this movie of the native americans like this is what you're gonna say is like oh they're happy and in love so they're just like 
being gross, weird, orgy-ish PDA people. Like, and then if you don't have that, you're sad and alone. Like, I don't know. It made me really uncomfortable and I hated it. I'm not going to discredit. You are right to hate that part. Um, other fun facts is that Jacob is not the first person to imprint on a baby. There is another member of the pack who also imprinted on a two-year-old. Yeah, so that's very conveniently left out of the movies. Which um, we will talk about at the end of this, because I think there's a lot to discuss with that. What I will also say that's been left out of the movies is that apparently, besides being thirsty for blood, you are also the horniest you will ever be as a newborn vampire. So it is not left out, like, or it is not specific to just the wolves, these orgies. Stephanie Meyer was horny, but the movie had to make some cuts somewhere. So they made the vampires seem less horny, which I do is remember not the case. that after the in the second half of Breaking Dawn in the book, you do just like find out that the vampires just have sex all night every night. Like all the different vampire couples just have sex all night every night. And then Edward just sits alone in his room and plays piano until he finds Bella. Yeah. So it's not just the werewolves are horny. Everyone's horny. I I think it was just the way that they showed that scene just really made me uncomfortable that it was like them being reduced to this. And it was just like, I don't know. It just made me uncomfortable. No, I, I don't want to discredit that. I see why they did it that way because I was really focused on ch Sam changed the treaty, which I must have blacked that part out because I did Google it because I was like, no, this isn't like the books at all. It is like the books. And I just completely forgot about it. But he does change the treaty. Uh, the Cullens are now cool. Um, the people who are not imprinted are definitely on the outskirts. They don't fit in with the rest of the pack, which is also just foreshadowing, like, a lot of what's about to happen. And Jacob's upset because he thinks that the treaty should still be intact. And that if you bite a human and turn them into a vampire, they should be killed because he's mad at Edward. Also having gay thoughts about Edward, but we don't want to talk about that. And after that weird imprinting conversation where Leia's like, I would like to be imprinted on anybody. Anybody, like, happiness with anyone is better than, like, mourning what you can't have. Again, clearly just which, foreshadowing. Which I understand because, like, imagine being Leia and you share the thoughts with your ex-boyfriend and have to hear every single thing thought he has about his new imprinted girlfriend. Which I would also say, imagine being the ex-girlfriend and having all of these thoughts and feelings and emotions and everyone that you know is also able to hear that, including your ex-boyfriend. Poor Leia, Leah. Yeah, not good. Um, and then after that, we cut back to the island. Um, I do have a note, and that note is just, I am not having fun. <laughs> and then I was upset because Bella isn't eating a lot of eggs. And in the book, she is eating a shit ton of eggs. Like, that's the only thing that she'll eat for the majority of her time at Isle Esme before she finds Why? out that she's pregnant. Pregnancy craving. Oh. Like, there's this whole thing. Because then, I think this is right about when Edward's coming back from hunting. Yeah, so Bella gets Bella gets up, gets sees a note that, from Edward saying, I'm hunting on the mainland, I'll be back. She finds some chicken in the fridge cooks up some chicken it's a lot of chicken for her but whatever she's cooking up some chicken 
She's eating it and then gets sick and runs to the bathroom, starts throwing up. And that's when Edward comes in and she's like, don't see me like this. And he's like, sickness in hell. And then she's like, okay, grab my bag, grabs a bag. And we see this beautiful Tampax branding. Yeah. And beautiful product placement. Her, She's like, my period's late. And then she's like, you don't think. And then Edward goes into shock yeah edward fully shuts down that man's brain isn't working anymore alice calls immediately yes calls immediately because she can no longer see bella um it's kind of a weird cluster so i'm going to spitfire a lot of things at once so just keep up with me here i'm keeping up we we also get to meet the housekeepers. The housekeepers yes. should have been there at the beginning to warn Bella about the cold ones, whatever. Not yeah. there. They show up just to clean up the bed, which I think it's insane that Edward didn't just clean up the bed. This scene was it's a little left- bit earlier, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, just left the bed. She like says something kind of weird and crypt. Like the housekeeper says stuff only in Portuguese because they don't speak Spanish in Brazil. Um, I mean, I'm sure they do, but the main language is portuguese so speaks portuguese cryptic things the chicken doesn't seem done and bella seems interested in eating the tiny bit of blood that's on the chicken so she essentially eats either raw or rotting chicken because there's no way that that's fresh good cooked food right now right anyway the inside of chicken can be a little red like that i've seen that before no but like the chicken itself did not seem like it was cooked all the way done to me when yeah, I was so, watching that scene, but I okay. also get such ick from chicken. Anyway, you get chicken ick. Rapid fire. Fine. Yeah, rapid fire. So Bella's sick. Then he comes over. She doesn't seem to understand the idea that when mommy and daddy love each other and don't use protection, a baby could happen. Well, they assume that it wasn't possible because he's a vampire. Yeah. You would still think that whatever were to happen. Okay, I will say this. I don't buy that Edward has never once jacked it and saw a mess come out never once. Like, I don't buy that for a second. If he's Mr. I'm going to go do all of the sins, I think he would full send it. Well, but I think the assumption is that his sperm is not fertile. Like, his, he doesn't have living sperm because he's a vampire. I think that's the assumption here. I guess, but at the same time, you'd still think that he would put. I, They're married. I would not think. They're married. They don't have to deal with that. I would not think that his first act as a married man would be to cream pie his wife. I would have thought that Bella would have made him wear protection. I'm just Are saying. Are you kidding me? They've been, he forced her to get married. I know 100%. I believe it. He's old fashioned. Old fashioned means, oh my God, I'm married. That means I get to cream pie. Like, that's okay. what that means. Okay. Fine. Fine. I'm just saying the man with Why? a million medical degrees, the man with a million medical degrees, I would have thought would have at least also been like, I don't want her to get like whatever weird STD they all had floating around back in the early stage. Whatever. Whatever. I'll let it go. I think you're overthinking this. Again, not surprised. I seem to do this a lot when it comes you to really Stephanie's work. Do. Okay, so Edward goes into shock. Alice calls. He's in shock. We're trying to talk with Carlisle. 
Edward takes the phone and is talking with Carlisle. Like, can this even happen? What's going on? Um, Bella's looking in the mirror. She still has a perfectly flat stomach. Let's get that out of the way right here, right now. But she is insistent that she can feel something move. That would not happen in pregnancy until you at least had a much more visible bump. So she's insistent that something is moving. The weirdest music is like the score is bad. Everything is just an insane fever dream. Everything's moving super, super fast. You would think the first thing they would do is have Bella take a pregnancy test to even see if this is true. But Edward is running around the room, packing stuff up, throwing things in bags, talking with Carlisle about how they're going to abort the fetus. He refers to it as a thing. And yeah, and as Bella's a thing. Like, Sorry. A thing. And I said, yes, thing. Have you seen that face? That's a thing. Yes. Thing. So they, he wants to kill that thing. He wants to kill that thing. The housekeeper comes back to make sure that, that Bella is still alive. And he's like, please help her. I want to save her life. And she goes up and touches Bella's stomach and just says death. And I think And then bounces. And so it is kind funny. of funny. I will say that was pretty camp. We can argue about the rest of this movie. That was fucking camp. <laughs> you have sex, you will get pregnant, and you will die. So they go to the airport. They have a private jet. And Bella calls Rosalie and says, I need your help. I need your help. Cool. Then awesome. Here, here's the moment. I just want to point this out. Here's the moment in the book that we switch solely to Jacob's perspective. We do yeah. not get any of the rest of this movie from Bella's perspective. We no longer, this is the last moment that we spend with Bella being our main character in this. So Human we, Bella is no longer the narrator. We have switched over to Jacob. This is the scene that I read until four o'clock in the morning so that I wouldn't have to wake up and keep reading Jacob's perspective. <laughs> so he, it's been a month. We know that it's been a month. Bella is saying that um, she's just sick. So Charlie thinks she's just sick. So they extended the honeymoon so she can travel when she feels better. Um, Charlie is he... visiting Jacob and Billy. Yeah. And that's how we learn, the, learn this. Jacob gets mad. He goes to the Cullens to be like, what the fuck is going on? Where is she? So he shows up to the Cullen house. He walks in and hears Bella's voice say Jacob. And he's like, oh, she's here. Goes upstairs to find Rosalie the guard dog. Yeah, the body, Rosalie is standing there. She is ready to fuck anyone up who crosses her. She is ready to fucking fight. And Bella's like, no, no, it's okay. And we see Bella and it's been what, presumably maybe a week since we last saw Bella? Nope, it's been a month since we've seen Bella. It's been a month since we've seen Bella as the... Yes. Okay, got it. So she looks like shit. She is she looks gaunt. terrible. She is losing weight. She doesn't like... She She is fucking... Looks awful. She also then stands up and looks eight months pregnant. She is pretty far along. Um, very scary. This is now a horror movie. So as we were talking about perspective shifts and everything, this is the moment when she stands up where I'm like, this is actually a scary movie. This is a horror movie. We have switched genres. It's terrifying. They are all in front of Jacob, who's now new to this, um, in front of Bella, everyone. 
having a discussion on is it a fetus is it a baby is it dangerous it's just a little baby rosalie is clearly on the side of protecting bella wanting her no, to have no, no, this no. child no 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 rosalie is on the baby side i need to make this very clear rosalie does yeah, not give a not shit give a about, about anything bella. but that baby she's she like bella is... who baby <laughs> So here's the thing. It, this becomes a very clear indication of pro-life, pro-choice. What are you supposed to do? And it's weird because it doesn't really say anything besides pro-life pro- versus pro-choice, round v one, like 1v1, into the rain. One will enter, one will leave. Like two enter, one leaves. But then it doesn't really go past anything else. Not a goddamn thing. Because Bella is allowed to have autonomy over this. Yeah. It's the one time that we are seeing that Bella has autonomy mm-hmm. and it's a, an abortion conversation and it's killing herself by carrying this fetus or abortion. Like there's no choice. There's no nuance. There's no conversation, no discussion. Rosalie is like, you have to keep this baby alive. Call it what it is, Alice. It's a baby. It's a sweet little baby. It's an innocent baby. Alice just wants to refer to it as a fetus. Everyone else is referring it to it as a fetus. Um, Edward is like, I hate it. I don't want this thing in my life. Super against it. Bella thinks it's a boy and is just all in love with it. Cannot stop loving this baby to pieces, thinking that it's a boy. Uh, We also see Bella using the quilt from her mom, which I thought was very, very sweet. So Edward and Jacob have a conversation and Edward tells Jacob to kill him if Bella dies. And Jacob's like, you bet happy to do it they also cut this part out of the movie and i think it's an important part that they should have left in where jacob says that or edward says that jacob can have sex with bella and give her new babies if she wants to have children but he needs to help convince like jacob needs to help convince bella to abort and if they can successfully abort then He's allowed to, like, have sex and go off with Bella, which is so weird because, again, this is not a conversation about if Bella should have babies. It's should Bella have this baby, the baby that she wants, because this baby is part Edward and that's what she wants. That's what she's so hyper focused on is that there is a potential that this is another small Edward growing inside of her. And they just cut that from the movie. And I think that's a crime. No, I think that whole thing in itself is a crime, and I think cutting it was the right choice. I wish that they would have kept it in because Jacob says no to this proposition. I mean, and obviously. I, think, I mean, obviously. I just think that- That was so fucking sassy. Holy shit. Sometimes you really get me with your one-liners. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damn, go off. <laughs> But I I would have liked them to keep it in there because I think that it shows that Jacob is on Bella's side. And he's kind of the only one who is on Bella's side. I mean, he's the only one who is consistently, yeah. Because you're right. Rosalie's not on her side. Rosalie's on the side of the baby. Whatever is going to get the baby out of that vaginal canal the easiest way is what's going to happen. A live, healthy little baby for Rosalie to take care of. Whereas Jacob is very clearly on Bella's side in a way that not even Edward is. Because Jacob's like, she's not going to agree to that. I know her. She's going to say no. Yeah. And Edward's like, convince her anyways. Like, that's his answer to everything. It's just convince her. It's so, I hate it. I hate Edward so much. 
So it is bad. He goes in, he talks to Bella. Bella, this is when we learn that Bella thinks it's a boy. And Jacob says, it's a killer Bella. And all I could think of is, this is the skin of a killer Bella. This is the baby of a killer Bella. And then I was like, who is this Bella? I don't know her. Like, this Bella's weird. I don't know. No, it was definitely a a weird thing because she never really seemed interested in having children either. So this one came very out of nowhere for me. Then Jake is so sad. He kicks his bike, which, like, throws it, essentially. Yeah. Rips off his clothes. There's a montage of Jake running and all of the pack learns about Bella being pregnant and all this stuff. They have a meeting and they say that they've decided to kill the baby because it's a danger to the humans. They don't know what this baby's going to do. It's a newborn. It's going to feed. It's going to be too hungry. Um, they Jake- also plan then on killing Bella along with it. Like, to kill the baby, they have to kill Bella. Jacob argues, no, we have to protect her. She's still human. And Sam is now like, sucks. She's one of them. I'm, I'm alpha. You her. have to bow down. He's doing his whole alpha thing. And yeah, Jake stands up to him. And this is when we learn that he's the grandson of a chief. He is the rightful bloodline to be alpha male. Um, he, he says it a little bit in Eclipse in the movie. It's kind of a throwaway dialogue he, line. He mentions that he should have but... been alpha, but this is when we learn specifically that he was the grandson of the chief, essentially. So yeah. um, he stands up to Sam. He's not like, because this is a thing that's mentioned in either New Moon or Eclipse where they say, like, if Sam gives an order, we have to listen to it. Jacob, they do say that in Eclipse. Yeah, that's, okay. Uh, Eclipse I couldn't thing. remember if it was New Moon or Eclipse that that's brought up, but um, they have to listen to this. And Jake disobeys, essentially, and thus breaks free of the pack. So he is no longer part of the pack. He has gone off on his own. Would you say he's now a lone wolf? Lone wolf, yes. <laughs> that was literally the next words that were about to come out of my mouth. So also, he is I a lone wolf. Say, he goes back to warn the Cullens. How does he have clothes on again? Plot. So then we learn Seth followed, Seth left and followed Jacob. So Seth is part of his pack now. Then Leah yeah. follows as well because this is Leah's little brother. Yeah. And there's which- this really awkward, faraway conversation between Edward and Jacob and mm-hmm. the rack focus drove me insane i was like this is just an excuse for this cinematographer to use rack focus go away (laughs) it it really is here's the thing like this is definitely you could tell that this is no longer a passion project and this was a resume building project where if you got to work on breaking dawn (laughs) you you did it so you could say that you worked on a block to be fair if you're a cgi artist who worked on the wolves of breaking dawn no, here's the thing. You well did done, great. CGI. If you were a CGI artist who worked on those rose petals, please come on this podcast so I can <laughs> cyber bully you. We are never going to get an actual third host because now they just think that we're going to bully them. And that's not well, the case. Maybe that's because you keep telling them that we're going to bully them. Right. No, but I was thinking like just when we invite people to like be a third host or like a guest star or something, I'm like, I won't bully you. Like, I'll be very nice. Yeah, it's Kirstie just if you did those CGI until- rose petals. Kirstie or if bully you're you unless she tells you that she's bullying you. So you'll have warning. No, I will warn you so you can mentally prepare yourself. Okay, so let's throw let's let's blast through the next because I feel like this like I felt with the book, this is a little bit like you said, the pacing in this section, fucking weird. So no one Not has great. hunted for weeks. Jacob tells them about the wolf pack coming. Yep. 
he and Leah have a heart to heart about how they feel. Um, Jacob, Edward, we have a classic throwback to the Google search of Twilight. Yeah, they are Googling a mortal child question mark. And yeah, like, I just, stuff. I love it. So then we have a montage of the, of Seth, Leah and Jacob and the vampires doing a protection detail around the house, guarding it and everything. I have a note in here. I feel like this movie has lost its own plot. Uh, here's the thing. I will say for all of the Twilight books, this one is has the hardest plot to follow. I don't... I don't know how, like... I don't know how they could have done much better than this, though. Because this... It moves so fast. This, the pace is breakneck. Yeah, with, this, with the source material, I don't know how much better they could have done. The source material loses its own plot. It does. But it makes a lot more sense when you're reading it out and you can go a lot more in detail. Especially because Eclipse had a lot cut. Breaking Dawn Part 1, even the extended edition that's two hours, had a lot cut because so much was cut from Eclipse that you can't really throw it back in. And that's yeah. what's fucking with the pacing is that so much was cut that you can't just retcon it back in. And this book is so large and you switch POVs, yeah. which you didn't do in any of the other books. It's not something that you can just do. Like, I it's, it's hard to tell that story. From this scene to the big ending scene i think this section could have been cut by 20 to 30 minutes i feel like we did not need all of this like all of the next like 20 to 30 minutes of this movie that we're going to talk about we could have montaged this and it would have been so much better like we didn't need all of this so no this movie could have benefited a lot from montages especially a lot of the parts that would have been narrated by jacob we yeah. could have montaged a lot of stuff a lot yeah, I do want to, okay, I do want to jump back really fast. CGI-wise, cinematography-wise, that shot of Jacob as a wolf running through the woods and all of those visions and the voices and, like, all of that mm -hmm. was very well done. I do want to say yeah. very well done. Um, very well okay, done. So we learned that Bella's heart is going to give out before she can deliver the baby. The venom can't even protect her she's like at this point she is going to die like she looks like death and edward has a, a quote yes. and he says we're supposed to be partners but you've decided to leave me by keeping this baby this whole conversation with edward yeah it's not good um because during this conversation when Bella's finding out that she is going to die, she says, my dying wish is that you would take care of our child. And Edward's like, no, I'm going to actually kill it. I can't, I couldn't even look at it. Yeah. Like, she's like, you'll have, you'll have a part of me. And he's like, no, I would rather have you. I hate this thing. I'm going to kill it. I hate it for taking you away from me. And I'm blaming you for this. I'm sorry. Yeah. Was it's more experienced shitty. in sex. Who should have used the pull-out method or protection like Kirstie was talking about before? We get it. You wanted to have a cream pie. This is what happens when you cream pie. Which I will say, I get it. He's old-fashioned, cool, great, fine, whatever. Canonically, he's supposed to have a lot of different medical degrees. So even if he's like, oh, I'm going to play it safe 
and not wait like i'm gonna wait until marriage do all this stuff you would still think like again he has to have known his own company biblically where he would know something comes out so even if it can't get her pregnant it would have the uh, like opportunity to at least turn her or something right because and this is this is the conversation that I we referenced in another something or other. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or in text messages, but this is the conversation. So here's the thing. You told me once that closed mouth kisses because the spit could turn her into a vampire, right? Yeah, because that's his, her venom. His spit yes. could get into her mouth and she could turn into a vampire, correct? Yes, all bodily fluids are venom, and that is canon from the illustrated guide. So how the hell? Did she not start becoming a vampire the second that man nutted? Explain this to me like I'm an idiot. Okay. So, Stephanie, listen. (laughs) When a mommy and daddy love each other very much and don't use protection. I'm just kidding. Um, So, here's the thing. That is something that Stephanie (laughs) sets up in the Illustrated Guide is that all bodily fluid turns into venom. You essentially stop aging. Everything is now Venom. Doesn't really matter much when you're a girl vampire, but when you're a boy vampire, it does mean something. I am not going to sit here and pretend like I know that much about what- Wait, what is the difference between girls and boys with that? Girls don't have- Well, okay. Penis having vampires. Sorry. Sorry. I'll I'll backtrack. Like, even vaginas have, like, fluids. Because it's not like you can get your period if you're a vampire. You're so, oh, forever. so you're referring to a period. You're not referring to vaginal discharge. No, I Where also probably has this assume that's not gone into a dark, dark place. I'm also going to assume that Stephanie took anything gross about vaginas out because she can retcon whatever she wants with being turned into a vampire. Right, but which I also just want to say this is the, this is the first time that periods come up in this entire series. Why did it not come up before where Edward's like, sorry, can't be around you. You're bleeding right now. Why did this yeah, ever I don't come know. up? Uh, plot. So it it's one of those things where I do not care if this is never, like, he is so pure and innocent and virginal, he's never had sex before. Like, if that is the case for Edward, okay, cool, great, fine. You cannot tell me that Carlisle, who hung out with the Volturi wouldn't have any indication of like anything to do with venom or anything coming out afterwards because i'm just saying it does not seem to make sense for vampires who would talk and communicate with one another to have no idea that all bodily fluid has then been turned into venom they had to have shot come down someone's throat and watch them turn into a vampire that had to happen at some point which it's really unclear why like I don't know what a uterus looks like on the inside um I did ask Dr. Boyfriend for some fact checking things for the end of the movie <laughs> Oh I'm sure he loved that He did He likes talking with me about my hobbies and interests he loves to be able to contribute. And, and when your guys' hobbies and interests overlap in the form of Twilight fact. <laughs> so, so to kind of just come back, to rewind. So we're coming back. Bella is dying. She We have like a bathtub scene. She takes a robe off. She is like 
skin and bones. Her skin is gray. Her cheekbones are gaunt. Like she, yeah, she's not good. Um, and we find out it's because she can't keep anything down. She cannot eat any human food except for eggs. And that's why I wanted to bring up eggs. Eggs are the only human food that she can eat and keep down. But then it stopped working. Like, it's just not enough. She has, like, she's still starving. Is it because eggs are like an unborn chicken? No, I don't know what it is. I don't understand why just eggs. Okay. But I think that was the pregnancy craving thing. Like, Stephanie Meyer Googled pregnancy symptoms. I was like, this, this, and this. That seems to be the thing. It's like, just eggs. But she can't eat anything. Like, she's having to, like, have all nutrition IV'd. yeah um there are a shit ton of temper tantrums all over the place and it would be really helpful if jasper could use his powers he doesn't bella is laying on the couch she's freezing jacob comes and sits next to her to warm her up they are sitting there she's like this is it and jacob has a thought that edward then says out loud and jacob is like actually it was more of like what did he say a snide remark or something like that yeah he was just being shitty in his little head um, about what if the baby wants blood. And so then, well, then Carlisle is like, oh, I have some O negative I keep around the house for Bella. No, that he's, he stockpiled it uh, for when Bella gives birth. That's gives, why he has it. Gives birth. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, I see now. So he has it because, okay, I, I'm on. Okay, so he puts it in a glass and then they decide to put it in, like, this white styrofoam cup with, like, a straw. But then she sucks it up through that straw, and that is black. That blood is black. Yeah. So, kind of gross, kind of icky. She goes, tastes good. So now she's just drinking blood. Jacob is going to be sick. I was going to get sick. I did have to pause for 15 minutes, and then I just paced around my apartment trying to figure out if I could find my way back to God's light. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I long ago. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no way back for me. I prayed on it. Sorry. He said, you're done. So then Bella tells Charlie, she calls Charlie, and she tells him she's going to Switzerland to a medical facility. He freaks out. He's like, how sick are you? What's going on? Which I understand. Your 18-year-old daughter, like, you have no idea what's going on. So she's like, no, yeah. no, it's more of a spa. Picture me how I was. It's a very weird conversation. And I, my next note is, God, I hate everything. Like, picture me healthy. Picture me alive. Like, it's this whole thing. He wants to get on a plane and fly to her. Don't blame him. Don't blame him again, one fucking second. In the Charlie timeline, she's getting married to this guy that she's known for a year. Most of that time, he's been gone. She was in a catatonic state for most of the time that he was gone. Then he comes back. She's not talking with her best friend anymore. All this weird stuff keeps happening. Now she's engaged. Now she's married. Now she's leaving. And he, we don't even know where she's going on her honeymoon. Crazy stuff. Then we find out that she's sick and she can't leave whatever country that they're in. And now she's going to a medical, like a special hospital in switzerland of all places because she's switzerland because like, she's switzerland but he doesn't know that she's switzerland but it's like all of this stuff where it's just red flag after red flag but what is he supposed to do about it yeah 
and I'm sure he feels very helpless. Everything's kind of weird. And like your friends going through all this shit with Jacob being super like pissed off and going through a hard time. And now your daughter's like just sick and you don't know what to do. You can't help her. She's not letting you come help her. It's weird. It's just very, very sad. Um, And then Edward comes around to liking the baby because now Edward can hear the baby's thoughts. Um, Still, everyone thinks that it's going to be a him, little boy. Um, Edward likes the baby specifically because the baby likes Bella's voice and his voice. And he's like, oh, sick. This baby is part Bella. This is awesome. And I love this baby now. And now he's on Team Bella. Now he's Team Baby. So Jake walks in on this. He gets called back down by Carlisle. Carlisle's like, hey, we need to feed because Bella is like, she's going to give birth within the next 12 hours. I need to feed so that I'm strong enough to help her. They come up with a plan. Yeah, like they need to feed. They're starving. Yeah, so they come up with a plan on how to get them out of the, because the other pack is patrolling around this house now, watching them. They can't leave. So they come up with a plan. Jake decides to talk to the other pack. He says he's the one who's going to destroy the thing after it's born. Yeah. Um, They have this whole conversation. The two wolves are after Esme, Carla, and Emmett. They get out. They're off to feed. Everything's fine. Then we get the baby name. So we have this scene where Alice and Rosalie help up Bella. Jake comes in. Edward's standing there. And... They're like, oh, she's picked out her baby names. And as we've discussed before, the baby names are Edward Jacob or Renesme Charlisle. Yep. They unfortunately did not say Charlisle in this movie. No, just Renesme, which is truly a crime. It's but a crime. No one likes this name. No one, no one likes this name. No one likes this name. They want her to change it. The only thing, like... I think that it like uh, Jacob comes around because Edward hates it. It's like it's not too it's not weird. It's beautiful. It's unique, very fitting for this baby. Um, I wanted to stop the movie again, but it was then bad weather outside, so I couldn't because I wanted to stop and maybe walk outside so I could walk away from this, just disappear into the woods and not have to finish this movie. Oh, okay. Buckle up. I'll go through this. Yeah. All right. Here we go. You ready? So no, this is when it becomes a true horror movie. All right, um, here we go. This is honestly scary I think, movie. I think this part might have been my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Um, okay, also, so- Bella looks like she has an alien head in this scene for the baby names. I swear to God, she now has like the stereotypical like huge bulbous pointed chin like alien head. It's because they CGI'd her to look more gaunt. Yeah, it bad job, CGI artist, bad job. You um, and Rose Petal guy. <laughs> okay, so Bella, Rosalie goes to hand Bella her her little cup of blood. Bella drops it because it's Bella and she's clumsy. She bends down and her back breaks. And then her knee breaks because she falls to the ground. Her knee breaks. And the baby is coming. The placenta detaches. So it is go time. Yeah, so the placenta detaches, the baby's coming, and so then Edward, like, Rosalie grabs a scalpel, there's blood, Rosalie's like, fuck, I gotta get out of here. Jacob tackles Rosalie out of there. Edward decides to bite open (laughs) and give a C-section to Bella, bites it open himself, 
pulls the baby out. Yeah. The baby's covered in blood. And I just want to say, point, point one here. Baby being held by Edward. Jacob standing right there looking at baby. Why no imprint then? No, so very bad. This is when it starts going off the rails from the books. And this is inaccurate because they do not have time to take the baby out. Rosalie's the one who takes the baby out. She's able to like stay there through this because now they're trying to like give the baby to Bella to hold. That's not the case. Carlisle's there. No, Carlisle's not there yet in the books. Um, So Rosalie takes the baby out before Jacob can even see her anything like that. They are on a mission to make sure that Bella doesn't die. Because if Bella dies, she cannot turn into a vampire. But you know what happens in the movie? She dies. She dies. Yeah. She dies. So she's now dead. They're trying to like pump her full of venom. Edward is biting her all over the place. Oh, no, no, no. You missed the best part. You missed the massive okay, vial yeah. with the huge needle That's right. that he shoves directly into her heart. And shoves all of his weird semen-looking venom directly into her heart. (laughs) You are correct. So the venom is needled into her. She is being bitten up left and down, like left and right, up and down. Can I also say my next note after that needle is, all right, fine, this is camp. (laughs) That fucking needle did it for me. All this massive... 1920s style needle i fucking lost my shit i lost it edward is trying to do the saddest attempt at cpr that i've ever seen uh just to keep her heart beating seth has a really great line of she didn't make it and that's all he says as if we needed explanation that she had died we watched that woman die on camera so jake yeah. crying you're not dead, you're not dead, which is me trying to revive my last brain cell after not this movie. The fucking venom montage going through her blood cells. So we have this CGI montage again. All I could think of was fucking Magic School Bus. That's all I could think of this whole time. It was, very, yeah. Because we see the venom taking over her body. What we learn is that she has morphine in her body, and the morphine is stopping her from writhing. So she is not dead she is transforming she can't move or scream because of the morphine yeah um she they're blaming renesme for killing her and i'm like no actually it was you guys not paying attention because i asked dr boyfriend in the case the placenta detaches what do you do and it's get the baby out of there as quickly as possible which they did to do and to do a C-section, you do actually rip open the uterus. You don't do a straight cut. That way it heals better. Um, so Edward, yeah. So Edward ripping the uterus open with his teeth. I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay. I'll give it a pass. That yeah. works. That's efficient. We One love of his medical efficient. degrees covered that. Cool. Great. Um, the second thing that you have to do in this situation if the placenta detaches, is make sure the mother doesn't bleed out. She's at a very high risk now of bleeding out. Yeah, at what point were they going to try and stop the blood that was coming out of her? Why was that no one's thought? So no one seemed to give a shit. No one thought about it. Jacob is now stalking to super dark, tense music as if he's going to go kill this baby. Oh, wait. Yeah, so he's... Okay, the wolves think that Bella's dead. 
So they want to go make a move and kill the vampires. Jake is going to go kill this baby that killed. Oh, he also says to Edward, I'm making you live with this. I'm not killing you. I'm making you like live with this that you've done. Yeah. So he's stalking up to the baby and then Rosalie sitting in front of a, which I want to say Rosalie's just sitting in front of a fireplace holding the baby, thus proving Rosalie did not give a single shit about Bella. She's like, who's no. Bella? I have a baby now. I don't fucking care about anything. Yeah. So she's holding this baby, her new little baby doll and in front of the she fire. lifts this baby up and we get the shot of a baby's face. Or is that a fucking we see a alien? Face. We see a CGI face looking intently at Jacob. And somehow this isn't the worst face of Renesme. Yeah. So. Jacob God. imprints. Jacob imprints. It's super weird. Then the wolves start attacking. Um, okay. Another thing. So the wolves start attacking. It's Alice, Jasper, Edward out there fighting. How in this fight, we watched in the movie before this, both the wolves and the vampires ripped those newborns to shreds. How in this fight did no one get hurt? Plot. It's the best armor. So they are now fighting brother versus brother, wolf versus wolf. Versus wolf. And vampire. Uh, yeah, and vampire. Um, Jake jumps out, and he's a bigger wolf now. He's an alpha wolf now. We can see that. He's the yeah, wolf. he's he's fighting. They can't hear each other because they're no, they're not all part of the same pack. Um, Edward comes out, and he clearly went to the South Clearwater School of News Delivery. Jacob imprinted. All he says. And now that it is news that Renesme is... Jacob's imprintee, she is now no longer touchable. She is so, safe forever. The wolves now need to protect her just along the same way that now the vampires need to protect her because so, he imprinted on her. Yeah, let's pause and talk about the fact that Jacob just imprinted on a two-minute-old baby. Let's talk about how... Let's talk about how this is the death of Team Jacob. Let's... Yeah. So, so Stephanie Meyer could not fathom a different way out of this than having Jacob imprint with Renesme. And she tries really hard in the books to say it's not just sexual. It's more than that. It's your reason for living. You become anything you need, a protector, a brother, a guardian, a best friend. But in the same breath, it's when she turns 18, when she's an adult, it then is going to become sexual. Like, there's no doubt that it does become sexual. It doesn't have to be. But if that were the case, and if I, th I think if Stephanie Meyer wanted to actually write something to resolve any of this, it would have been a boy. Renesmee would have been a boy. The only reason Renesmee is a girl is to solve the love triangle because she, she couldn't think of any other way for it to be resolved. I have some lore intense questions for you. Okay. Hit me. I love Lauren Tense questions. So here's the thing. We talked about how the wolves do not age until they find their mate. Yes. So now here's the thing. Jacob at this point is 17. Yes. He's still 17. He presumably has stopped aging. Correct. But now he has found Renesmee. Renesmee Correct. is two minutes old. 
does Jacob stop aging until Renesmee is also 17? Or does Jacob start aging now? So they will be immortal forever because Renesmee is going to be immortal. So he will never age again. The reason that the wolves begin to age again is so they can die with the people, like the person that they imprinted with. Okay, I understand. Because I was trying to figure out if it was going to be he stays 17 until she's 17 and then they are the same age, or if we were going to have a 17-year age gap between these people, which I will say in general, two consenting adults, not like a little bit weird, not out of the ordinary. A baby, weird. So here's the thing. 17 years old, in the grand scheme of things, not that big of an age difference, like not that important. Yeah. It depends solely when you meet because 17 years when you're 40 and they're like uh, 57, not that big of a deal. Whatever, no. move on. Whatever. Grow past it. If you are an adult person like in your mid-20s and then you meet someone who's 17 years older than you, whatever, not a big deal. When you are a child, a baby, fresh out the womb baby. A two-minute-old baby. When you are two minutes old and then you meet someone who is 17 years old, that's just grooming. Yep. Hey, guys, that's just grooming. Waiting until she turns 18 does not make it less creepy. Nope. Just Makes means that it you more are grooming creepy. Makes it more creepy. Makes it more and creepy. this is exactly why Team Jacob is dead in the dirt. Not RIP to that. I hope you fucking rot in hell because we are not a fan of groomers and pedophiles. Nope. Now, to be fair to everyone who was on Team Jacob before this moment, it's not your fault that Stephanie Meyer threw a fast one at you. No, this was me. I I had fully switched to Team Jacob at this point. I told you I was going to talk about this. I fully switched to Team Jacob. I was like, Team Jacob. And then I read this and I went, actually, I think I like women instead. <laughs> Because this was also the time that I was reading this was about the time that I had my gay awakening. <laughs> so Perfect. Uh, here's the thing. Yes. Um, it, it's not great. So they have this moment. We find out Renesmee is going to be safe. Then they start dressing Bella's body as if she was a corpse being prepared to be embalmed. It's very creepy. Super creepy. The morphine is keeping her still but she's fine. She's going to be a vampire. It's fine. We hear the heartbeat. We have a We have this another montage. We, we have, have a we have a montage. Thank God for this montage. Uh we get the blue tint back from the original We movie, get the blue tint back. I was so I literally I have in all caps blue tint is back baby. <laughs> the transformation scene is actually kind of a banger montage. It, it goes in reverse. Yes. It goes in reverse. So you see Bella's life in reverse and you see all of these things that led up like you see her life and you understand a lot of things and you see things through her eyes. And I feel like it is banger after banger shot. I really liked it. In this montage as well, her hair turns from like a weird brown to like a goldish brown. And also she's wearing eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah. So um, vampires, when you transform, you get hair dye and eyeshadow built in it's great <laughs> and lipstick and lipstick and all of your body fat comes back but only in a sexy way 
Yeah, and all of your wounds heal, and your ribs pop back into place, and all of a sudden your body goes boom. <laughs> yeah, that was very disconcerting. I watched um, that four times to try and understand what was going on in that shot. We also see a montage of all the vampires sitting or like standing around the house. We hear a heartbeat, and it's going and going, and then it stops. And you can see when it stops, and then we have that shot that zooms in. The very last shot is really close on her eyes. She opens them. She has red eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Red eyes. One other things that I wanted to point out, courtesy of Dr. Boyfriend, all of her medical devices were turned off in the delivery scene. So, like, all the things that would have monitored her heart and everything was turned off. She definitely dies. In this movie, like she is dead, and they are trying really hard to keep her coming back to life. They're trying to restart her heart, essentially. Yeah, because her heart is stopped. In the book, Edward keeps pumping her heart for her, so the venom can spread through. That's why he bites her so much to keep the blood like everywhere, and then he keeps pumping her heart until she's fully transformed. So, really weird thing to just have her be dead. Can you imagine, Edward? reaching in through this cavity that's in her body and grabbing her heart with his hand and just i feel like the temperature shock would kill her or it'd wake her up (laughs) or it would wake her up uh and then he just has a hand in her chest cavity that's terrifying i love how you got through that and then processed what i was saying (laughs) okay but he was like doing cpr to like keep her alive and then we start getting credits. So we have credits and then we have a post credit with the Volturi where yeah. they have a new secretary. Secretary. They decide to kill her. But one of the important things that Arrow says is, oh, no, we still have issues with the Cullens because they have something I want. And then it cuts. And then Bruno Mars starts playing. Yeah. The score for this movie was bad. Bruno Mars? I'm sorry, how do you go from the the gold star musical delights of Twilight and New Moon and Eclipse to this? Bruno Mars? Bruno, like, how do you go from ending credits in Twilight being literally fucking Linkin Park to this? No tea, no shade to Bruno Mars. Just bad choice for no, ending like, song for this Bruno movie. Bruno Mars, great musician. Not the right musician for Breaking Dawn Part 1. And my final note is, I once again say, what the fucking fuck? It, Eclipse, you can like make an argument for that they were still trying. It's yeah. just genre shift was popular at the time. Okay, cool, genre great. shift in the book series. Yeah, you can explain a lot of things and you can still argue that it's a movie that has some merit. But this movie went so far off the rails. This far? This movie, there were no rails. There was no train. There was nothing. Where were we? What was this? The movie lost its own plot in the middle of the movie. How do you have... You have the ending at the beginning. You lose your plot. You have another whole second movie happening. Where? And then it did not cut at a good point. Um, 
I don't know where else you could have cut. Yeah, I understand why they yeah. cut it there. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I just doesn't. I can't fucking. I don't know. I have nothing else to say because I don't fucking know. Yeah, it was. Again, I think it's because so much had to be cut from Eclipse that they had to cut any references to what was cut in Breaking Dawn, and in doing so, made a movie that has very bad, poor pacing, where most of the story isn't even done. And you still have a second movie. There is no extended second, like, part two that I've found. You know what? Weirdly, I'm okay with that. Well, you don't have to watch the extended edition to begin with, so. Well, it sounds like they were still pretty close to the same. Yeah, no, it was just an additional part in the movie. Like, well, I'm sure there was also, like, different dialogue things, but the way that we take notes on this movie, we just kind of got to breeze past. Also, we didn't sit here and talk ad nauseum, shot for shot, like we did for the first two. Oh, interesting. Ex- extended cut adds seven minutes of footage. The opening titles are now in shown in blue instead of red. So I saw it in red. You saw it in blue. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there there was seven minutes of difference. I have no idea what it was. It was probably just that opening scene then. Um, no. So there is a scene on Esme Island where um, Edward makes breakfast for Bella. They make She comments about being hungry, and they talk about her upcoming turning. This is before the, the housekeepers arrive. Esme asks Rosalie to prepare some food for Jacob while watching over the sick Bella. Jacob at first declines, but Esme insisted Rosalie to do so. Oh, yeah, we really didn't talk about that. I thought you just didn't want to talk about the racism of it all. No. The dog uh, we- bowl scene. What? Oh, I thought that's why we didn't talk about it. No, that was only in the extended edition. Oh. I'm sorry, the extended edition added racism? Well, okay, so this is also Stephanie, I'm throwing fucking hands. Wait, stop. So there (laughs) is a scene in the book where Jacob is hungry and Mm. like Esme asked Rosalie to go get him some food Jacob makes a joke about how, oh, like, I don't trust her not to poison her or whatever. And Esme's like, oh, I wouldn't, like, she would never embarrass me like that. Then you hear off camera, like, metal breaking bending sounds. And Rosalie comes back with, like, a sandwich or whatever in a mixing bowl that she has bent and then scratched in Fido. So it looks like a dog bowl. And she gives him the food in the dog bowl. And then he eats the sandwich, and then he, like, Frisbee throws the dog bowl at her head when she's walking away. Because he's a wolf. He's a dog. I... I thought that's why we didn't talk about it, because we didn't like talking about all of the... No, I didn't even know that that was... Like, I didn't see that. Yeah, no, that was in the movie. The extended edition. Okay, there's two other things. Alice joined Jacob at the balcony and is standing next to him, closing her oh, eyes. Oh, that's right. Jacob can only say he's glad to help. Oh, God, I wish I'd seen this one. Because Jacob has imprinted with Renesmee, Edward breaks Jacob's arm and throws him at a wall to keep him away from fighting the other werewolves. He later resets his arm. Oh, yeah, there's, like, this really brief fight scene because Edward can read his thoughts and realizes that he imprinted. That's why Edward's the one to say, I imprinted. Yeah. 
is kind of stupid. Jacob probably should have said it because then he would know that that would protect Renesme. Well, he came Whatever. out as a wolf because he was trying to protect her. He couldn't talk as he was a wolf. So Edward translated. Whatever. So this is so weird because this extended edition does not add anything substantial to anything. Um, No, I would say that the dog bowl scene is kind of comic relief, like comedic relief. But kind of, but also is horrible. It only really works if you want, like, if you read the books, because it's kind of like a for the fans moment. Yeah. Because that's like in the books and it kind of Which is I like. I guess the extended edition is for the fans. I guess. But yeah, it doesn't really add anything substantial to the plot. It doesn't really change anything with the movie to have it or not to have it. I hate everything about this. It was not a good movie. It was not a good movie, and it was not even a fun, bad movie like Twilight and New Moon are. Like, we don't even get any good Bella, where the hell have you been, Loka? Like, yeah, I think all of the memes come from the second movie. Yeah. Because uh, there are some, like, you name the, well, my there's daughter that fucking after my, the Lechnet, like, Loch Ness, Ness monster. monster. Yeah. I think the next one, I think people realize, like, oh, the first one didn't do well. We didn't bring the fans back, so we may as well go batshit crazy. Based on what I've seen from the memes. Anyway, that could be wrong. I don't know. I just know the horrors that await us next week. So let's end it here. Yeah, let's end this monstrosity. Um, If if you want to find us online on the social meds, you can find us at Instagram and threads at Eternal Slumber Party Pod. Uh, Kirsty likes to post some really great memes and unhinged content. And if you want to be a really cool person who doesn't make a human being eat out of a dog bowl, you can leave us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on. If you want to chat, say hi, have questions, have comments, have concerns, Want to share anything? You can DM us on Instagram or you can send us an email at eternal slumber party podcast at gmail.com. If you leave us a five star review or write us a review, then send it our way. We will read reviews on air. Um, don't make a dog bowl out of a mixing bowl and serve it to us. We won't read it if it's going to be awful. But we'll read it if it's going to be funny. And on that note, you should send this to your best friend. Send this to the person that you would be judging Bella's wedding with um, if you liked us. If you hated this podcast, then you should send it to someone that you wouldn't mind if they disappeared at a Swiss hospital if you hated this podcast. (laughs) Have a great Fish day or don't, the choice is yours. Do you think Stephanie Myers knows what soaking is? I don't think she does, but I also think she does because she's Mormon. I feel like she was probably like one of the friends to be asked to like jump on the bed, but never the person who was asked to like lay down on the bed. Always the jumper, never the soaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why she didn't include it in her. Life.